1: Right, Joe. So, a little bit of behind the scenes here. We were supposed to record these episodes about a week ago. The two episodes that we're about to sit down and record back to back. But then we had to postpone it. But I'd already watched this episode. (laughs) So this one... You're going to have you might have to hold my hand a little bit on this one because a lot has happened in a week to make me completely forget most of this. <laughs> but this episode is called The Rivals, and I've mentioned this before, the theory that every single title of the OC has a double mm-hmm. meaning because in this one we're getting the double rivalry. There's the clearly established Ryan versus Oliver, but on the Seth front a new competitor is entered, and his name is Danny. Mm -hmm. That also creates a little bit of controversy, because Danny ain't trying to date Anna. He's dating Mm -hmm. Summer. Mm -hmm. Seth Cohen is fucking around on my girl, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it one bit. But let's get into this. This stems from Seth starting to realize that him and Anna are basically the same person. And I'm curious where you fall on that, because this is a discussion that comes up again in the next episode mm-hmm. as well, where I think it's nice to date someone who is very similar to you, but you do need... I feel like part of the fun of dating is the quirks of the things that you're different about yeah. as well, getting to introduce new things to each other and so on. Seth is is like turned off by dating anna because he feels like they're the same
0: it's implied that he feels like they're too similar yeah see that's why i that's why i was like you know this from the beginning and even in my first watch like of the oc like the anna set stuff is just a little too it's a little too close to home they are they're mm-hmm. not end game and it's very familiar and i'm i kind of agree overall like i'm not somebody who i like do not want to date my, me i have to live with myself yeah. um which is, you know, I mean, I'm not like a war criminal or anything, but it is difficult. You know, I don't have to, I'm done, I have to live with myself every day. And I want something and to be with someone some who is different with from some me. Spice. Exactly. Yeah. Who I want someone who makes me want to be a better person or introduces me to things that I've never seen done before. Like, yeah. we need to have touchstones. Right, like there needs to be things that we have in common, so that way we can, yeah, um, we can connect. And then there, and eventually, as like a couple, we're gonna find things together that are our thing. But yeah, there needs to be very clear, like this is my thing, this is your thing. You can come into my world if you want occasionally, but not all yeah. the time.
1: Well, that I remember trying to date someone one time and one of the reasons that they weren't interested, I mean, I'm sure that there was other reasons, but the, the gentle letdown mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reasons were like, I just don't like horror movies and I don't like D and D. And in my mind, I was like, who said I was inviting you to play D D or watch yeah. horror movies with me? Yeah. Like, like, you know, like those are very Matt Kelly by himself. Yeah, activities. Like how presumptuous. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. How dare you? But so that, you know, Seth's battling with that. Meanwhile, Oliver, like a total psychopath, has now transferred to school and has made sure that his schedule matches Marissa's, which is pretty creepy. Mm -hmm. But Seth, giving some of the worst advice I've ever seen, is like, just embrace the friend, man. What bad could happen? Just embrace that there's a friend in town. And it's like, this dude... At one point I texted a friend today and just said I think I hate Marissa more than I hate Oliver <laughs> at this point. And I and I think it's because Oliver's not even like like Oliver is wearing who he is very clearly on his on his everything. Yeah. And and Marissa is like intentionally making herself blind to this stuff mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. In time, and that's like almost more frustrating. Like, don't get me wrong, Oliver fucking sucks, (laughs) but like, her insistence to just ignore every single red flag, no matter how many people tried to point out the red flag, (laughs) is like infuriating
0: to at, at this point in the show. It's like you really you you have to are you're actively working to be that dumb like yeah <laughs> and again like I-, I think part of it is like the the tenuous sobriety right like it- anything at the verge, yeah. like can be set her over the edge and this is someone who she has connection with because they met in the waiting room and he started talking to her like a fucking psycho <laughs> like
1: yeah breaking every single rule yeah. of therapy so
0: in a matter of yeah, seconds i but... get it like yeah he's your friend because of that but then that's also part of the larger symptom of like what's wrong with her potentially is the fact that like you know she needs to she has no boundaries and is not able to separate those things and so yeah it's it's completely like it it would be one thing if you know he he showed up after school but like you know Boom! I'm here. I transfer. I'm like, yeah. Come on, girl. Like you. Like this is, this is what people think of the girls who get it in the first ten minutes of a slasher, right?
1: Yeah. Well, have you ever had? This is going to be. This is going to be a weird question, and this is
0: going to okay. be. Okay, I'm, I'm here for you.
1: Story that I don't think I've ever publicly talked about on a podcast, but we'll we'll okay. go there. All right. Have you ever had a situation where a new friend? Was introduced into your like core group, and you couldn't put your finger on it, but you had a bad vibe about them, and then ultimately your bad vibe proved to be true.
0: No, because I'm usually the person. I'm usually the person who's the new person in a group. So you're the one everyone gets. The yeah, bad I got. About. I give got off it. big. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got that B O E that big Oliver energy. <laughs> But no, I'm I'm I I've never had that and I think because I've surrounded myself now with people who like just kind of get it and also I'm not afraid to like tell people I'm like, "Hey, I don't know about this guy. Like, let's not let's not invite them anymore."
1: It was my sophomore or junior year of college. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand with me, I really struggled to make friends throughout all of high school and then when I went to college it was like this brand new lease on life suddenly like not only did people like me but people liked me for who I was like I wasn't putting on an act anymore I was just being myself and it was kind of fun like it was like people thought I was the funny guy or the interesting guy or the talented guy and then a freshman came in a couple like a year or two Mm -hmm. later and for the sake of his anonymity we can call him Oliver yeah we'll call him Oliver is perfect so Oliver shows up and everybody loves Oliver and this actually ties a little bit more to Danny for a second but it was like suddenly he was the funniest person in the group and suddenly he was the super talented interesting person oh but something about him rubbed me the wrong way and I was like am I feeling jealousy that the spotlight isn't on me anymore or is like the gut instinct of like this dude's bad mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. accurate. That dude is currently in jail for a very, very long time. Was that just a coincidence not- or <laughs> was there something in my gut that was actually saying like was correct and being like, this dude is yeah. up to no good. You should not. Yeah. Trust I- <laughs> is it,
0: is it my intuition or am I just like a jealous asshole? Uh- Yeah, like, and I'll never know the answer. No, I think you know the answer because he's in fucking jail.
1: (laughs) That is true. He is in jail. But it was like, as I was watching this episode, I was getting both of the Danny and Oliver rivals because like in the case of Ryan, it's no, this dude is bad. I like my every instinct in my body tells me that I should not be trusting this guy. And then on the Seth side of it, it's like Danny is a fucking dork and a half but he seems harmless as yeah. hell. Like, let's talk about Danny for a little bit actually. He does this this fake Japanese dub thing which was like all of the fucking rage at the time that the OC mm-hmm. was happening. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold them to a 2023 standard when like I think every single cartoon and TV show in 2003 was doing this bit. But what I love about this bit is how much Luke fucking loves this bit. Like he is almost suffocating. He's laughing so yeah. hard at this at Danny's routine. And like, Danny, are you familiar with Mike Berbiglia? Correct?
0: Yeah, love Mike Berbiglia.
1: Danny reminds me of Berbiglia's uh, bit about the funniest kid in school, where he's like, everyone's always like, "Oh, were you the class clown? Were you the funniest kid in school?" But he's like, "Well, let's be honest, the funniest kid in school was just an asshole." He was like just the dude who walked into the classroom and was like, you're fat, you're gay, I'm out of here. And everybody's just like, he's the best. Like that's Danny's energy, like rolling into every scene. It's just like, hey, I'm goofy and I'm pointing out your flaws. But I do love that they get a nice little dig in there with the awesome ITVode Leno, (laughs) like the ITVode Leno bit that comes up again later on fucking slays me. I love it.
0: So your your story reminds me of a story with my ex. Well, when we started meeting each other's friends, right? So when I started meeting his friends, he started meeting mine. I knew that he was like a socially awkward person, but I didn't know to like what extent or whatever. You know, I just thought, oh, he's a little quiet and introverted. He's not like that with me at all. Like he's, you know, very talkative. And I think it's because I let him talk and I let him have the space to do that. But in a bigger group, you know, it was more difficult. And then I think that the first time that he met, like, most, like, my gay community, my gay, my core group of gay queer friends, it was not great because he afterwards he just was like you know i'm i'm you know it's just you you guys know references to things he doesn't he didn't know references to anything like he couldn't quote things off the bat and had no wasn't as like with it in terms of culture you know the way that i am and my friends were and one thing that he said that like stuck with me and this was very early on but it was something he said so earnestly that like i'll never forget was the fact that he was just like you know with my friend group like i'm the one who is the one who's the smartest one i'm the one who is the funny one i'm the one who's got it the most together and he never uh, he didn't complete the thought and say (laughs) Like you know what I mean? Like it's wasn't it was yeah, implied It wasn't
1: saying like and you guys don't make me feel that way. It was just like hey here's some of my
0: good skill sets. Uh, yeah, well <laughs> like, it, 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 Here's like, my resume. Was like, a part of me was just like, are you gonna say that like I'm making you feel bad because I'm being me? Because <laughs> Maybe I am better. Like now I can say, like, you hey. know, maybe I am better than you. He was
1: just intimidated by the quotable core queers that you were hanging out
0: with. At and the time. and subsequently, like me, right? And yeah. subsequently also me. Well well, and that's do you feel
1: like I mean, the Spice Girls said it best, really. Like, if you want to be, be my lover, you gotta get with my friends. Like, yeah. like I really do I do value. Not every single friend in the world, you know what I mean? But like Mm -hmm. the friends where it's like, hey, if we become an item, going to this person's house on a semi monthly basis is part of the deal. And if like you can't stand these people or those people don't like you, you either got to fix that or like it can't, this can't continue because. I think every person has been in at least one situation where they picked their significant other over their friendships and mm-hmm. you only have to do it once to know that you will probably never do that again because yeah. it does not work out. A good yeah. significant other will actively want you to pursue your friends' opinions and will yeah. will valid like will value that you have friends that you can lean on. <laughs> Yeah. About shit. And yeah. someone who wants to make themselves the end all be all of your life and decision making and thought process is mm-hmm. not doing that for you. They're doing that for them. Mm-hmm. Welcome to mm-hmm. White People Problems Part Dating Show. <laughs> 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 so let's, while we're still on the topic of Danny and, and Seth, I do want to point out again that Marissa's not the only one who's being stupid about this Oliver thing because Seth Cohen in this episode and most of next week's episode is just given bad takes and bad advice left and right Mm. to how Ryan should handle this situation. Like there's a scene and I actually really do like the way that the dialogue is written and I like the flow of the conversation, but like there's a scene where they're going back and forth in the kitchen about Oliver and like if the conversation literally ends with Seth being like, I don't know, or you could just ignore it. All right, let's go get fajitas. Like, like it's like it's so blasé and like the bottom of the barrel of importance to Seth. Yeah. And it's like Wh- you're not listening to what Ryan is telling you.
0: Like yeah. Which also, like, just to like put a pause in it for a minute, like fajitas have got to be the most like aughts. Yes. Like, remember remember when like you would go to Chili's and like the drama of a sizzling cast iron platter of You know, meat and onions, like just fajitas. Yeah, like it was, it it was so, yeah. I love that America has,
1: as much as America changes, one thing that you can always depend on is that we will just roll into a food craze as a group Mm -hmm. and then never think about that food again a couple years later. Yeah, yeah. Um, So this leads, that bad advice leads to Ryan breaking into the school (laughs) to look at Oliver's file, Mm -hmm. and I wrote down the note, I'm so glad Ryan got caught. Because the Uh, idea that he could just sneak into this school and do all of this without being caught was fucking insane to me. Like, he wasn't even remotely stealthy or quiet in what he was doing. So if this was going to be a clean getaway, I was going to lose my goddamn mind. Similarly... To the only note that I wrote in all caps, which is, I wrote, no, false, I refuse to accept this. I refuse to accept in any scenario where the Dean would sit down with Marissa to talk about Ryan under these circumstances. It breaks every rule that I can think of. (laughs) Like... Like that is some teen drama made up bullshit. That dean would be fired so fucking fast.
0: <laughs> What's her name? Dr. what? Dr. Dr. Kim? Kim? Dr. Chow? Something like that. Like Yeah. Yeah, she she does piss me off in this episode more. And like, oh, and then when when she's when she's in the room with like Ryan and Sandy and and uh, and it's like you know we Harbor has a history of you know accepting troubled yet promising dude I was like ah yeah. you <laughs> bitch. Yeah, Doctor Kim,
1: not really ever winning me over. Um, Ryan's not doing great either though. Like I understand his intentions with stealing that letter, mm-hmm. but again, bad look. This is not solving your case, and like I wonder. Here, here's where you look at things retroactively. Do you think that if he didn't take the letter and Marissa had read that letter, she would start to see the red flags? But the second that Ryan takes the letter, it becomes
0: something that is
1: more nefarious.
0: Sure. I think Ryan had to take the letter, right? Like yeah. I, For so plot this purposes, whole... he had to take the yeah. letter. Yeah. I wish Aaron was on this episode because fuck like as I like as you as we're talking now I'm realizing Aaron should be on this episode because the friends parallels between Ross and Rachel. Oh, it's, are it's thick. insane. <laughs> it's very, thick very, with very. Three thick. C's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like- oh, my God. Like, oof yes, they are thick, thick man's ass in this because it's just like you have. You have the, well, first you have the well, you Russ have Ross. Yes, you have fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you have fajitas. You have the Russ Ross of it all with Danny and Seth. Yep. Right? You have Ryan not trusting Marissa and not trusting the other person. Nope. um <laughs> Oliver, AKA being Mark. Mm-hmm. And Mark was not. Bad by any means, like Mark is just.
1: Look, I know where this story goes next week. Mark never got to that point.
0: (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no, he did not. But like, it's it's interesting because like it almost it's it's just a sign of the insecurity. And like thinking about it now, having rewatched this you know series a few times already, it's like the whole series in its entirety. It's really interesting because the whole first season is about otherness about like you are not from this place you are not of this place and when you internalizing that internalizing that otherness leads to insecurity and that is what's happening with ryan in this moment that's where like the bad decisions are happening like it. I mean, not. I'm not. I don't want to give this show like so much credit, but like that's actually kind of brilliant how they yeah. managed to manifest well, that in like the guy that we're supposed to be, who's our hero. Yeah. like he's supposed to be someone who were who were ride or die with, and he's making all these terrible decisions. But I think what makes me exhausted
1: with this show at the same time, right, is like I am enjoying my viewing of the OC for sure. The question for me is, will it be something I revisit? And I think where I struggle with this, and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, to be honest, but like we are 17 episodes into the first season of this show, Mm -hmm. and it feels like I've watched five seasons of a show. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's, but it's because it's like, like everything that people complained about with the last season of Game of Thrones, right? That like mm-hmm. the plot was moving too quick and there wasn't enough time for the characters to develop in a logical way, I feel like has applied to this mm-hmm. first season because like season one, it's like let's think of it in like the turn the the realms of big bats, right? Like in my head, it's like season mm-hmm. one, your story arc is Ryan and Luke. Like the battle mm-hmm. of Ryan and Luke for the love mm-hmm. of Marissa. Season two would be overcoming the Julie Cooper of it all. And that like leads into the Mexico stuff and it leads into like all of this other stuff. And then like your third season would be the Oliver drama. But like when it's all smashed together like this, it's like Ryan shows up, Ryan and Luke fight a whole bunch. Then they become friends. Then Marissa almost dies in Mexico. And then Julie Cooper uh, doesn't like Ryan for a couple episodes, but like she learns to to begrudgingly tolerate uh Ryan just in time for fucking Oliver to roll. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's exhausting. Like it is so much stuff one after another. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here knowing that I assume anyway, that after next week's episode, Oliver's just like, that's a series close on Oliver that like we've got, Nine more episodes of this season. So, what other big bad are we just about to randomly introduce to get us to the end of the season? Oh. Uh,
0: to which I will lovingly say, girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hell, with nine episodes at this pace, there might be three more big beds that show
0: up and get story arcs.
1: Like, I just.
0: Girl, so much. It, this whole. This first season. So, how you. What you just illustrated, right? Is basically the first four seasons of uh, Cobra Kai.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I mean. It's like, it's Cobra Kai. It's. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? we'll we'll go to our go to where our friendship was bonded the inspiration of this podcast could you imagine if the first 4 seasons of Gilmore girls happened in season 1 <laughs> like... Like, that in one season, no. you, like, introduce Dean, you dumb down Dean, Logan shows up, Logan and Dean fight, Logan fucks off to, to California. Hold on, Jess. Hold on. Oh, sorry, Jess, Jess. I'm, Jess, I'm throwing like, Je- yeah. I'm getting bad boyfriends yeah. all mixed up in my head. Uh, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> Jess, Jess shows up, Jess and Dean fight, Jess fucks off to California, and then Rory goes to college, and that's the end of season one. You'd be like, what the fuck is happening with this show?
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which all I have to say on the Gilmore Girls is justice for Marty. <laughs> yes. I Look, Marty fucked up in season seven, but I don't
1: recognize season seven as an actual season, so it's fine. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, but otherwise, it's all good. Marty's
0: your uh, never say never again. <laughs>
1: yes. Exactly. Um, The only other thing I want to bring up that shows up in my notes is I want to bounce back to Danny because first of all, the actor who played Danny, I forget his name, but he Brett Harrison. Okay, he was the star of Reaper, which was like a greatly underrated show. Yeah, Um, they do such a good job in the later half of this episode with like dunking on it's it's that very like two thousand hipster vibe of how they're dunking Mm -hmm. on him, but uh, you know. Seth is trying to embrace the friend and and befriend Danny. And he says, hey, you know, we can uh, go to my house. I, I T-vote Leno. Uh, Sean Sean William Scott was one of the guests. And he goes, nice, Leno and Sean William Scott? Talk about double the comedy. And you're like, man, you're just like fucking hipster dunking the ball on this poor dude. Uh, and then Sandy w- pulls seven to the kitchen and goes, "You got to get yourself some funnier friends." <laughs> yeah. Like, like I like that this was like, they're obviously they're basically trying to make Danny Dane cook. Like that, that's the yeah. overall <laughs> basis yeah. of this. Ah. Like they're just like, all right, who is like the 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 pinnacle of dunkable comedy? And it's like. Because he keeps saying, you're trying too hard. But then he gives him the bad advice of, like, you need to go bigger, man. Like, you to go bigger with your comedy.
0: Which, like, girl, yeah. don't, you know, don't, first of all, like, okay, that's totally normal behavior when you're over someone yeah. to just go bigger. Uh, to basically give him bad advice. Two, that kitchen scene with Sandy, where he's like, that kid's not funny. It's like, what do you say? I love your mother. Um, I love your mother to death. But she's not funny. Gentiles, they just don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he said, "What does Danny say to him?" She's like, "He's
1: like, I just, I need to go a little." Oh, he goes, "Can you like tone down the funny when you're sta- hanging around Summer?" Because like mm-hmm, she always mm-hmm. talks about how funny you are. You and some dude named Captain Oates. <laughs> like- <laughs> Which at that point I did in fact
0: scream, and my, I
1: was like, "Ah, Captain Oates is back!" <laughs> like,
0: see, see, when you talked about him in the early episodes, I was like, "Oh, it's a whole thing." Yeah, like, I really Captain thought Oates that was going to be a throwaway thing. joke, and I would never think of Captain Oates again. But absolutely not. Wait till we, we get to season two. Wait oh, is Captain Oats
1: joining the main <laughs> cast? Does, does he get his own <laughs> title card in the credits? Like, <laughs> and introducing in the, the OC is about
0: Captain <laughs> Oates. Is okay, like. It's the C- it's the CEO. Yeah, it's the CEO. Yeah, it's Colorado. <laughs> the
1: the captain notes, the CEO. Um yeah. all right. Ah! So- <laughs> see what you did there.
0: I'm Kyle Kukta, director of The Wound Within and co-host of Horror Movie Night Podcast. And I'm Jeanette Wall, writer of The Wound Within and host of the Horrors of Love Podcast. And we are currently crowdfunding on Seed&Spark to bring this short horror film to life. A young woman discovers a mysterious lesion on her chest the morning after a disappointing tryst with a new lover. Throughout the rest of her day, she finds that she might not be the only one who's experiencing these unsightly symptoms. Incentives include opportunities to be part of our podcasts, behind-the-scenes photo books, original soundtrack, cassette, and more. To contribute and make this film a reality, go to seedandspark.com and search The Wound Within.
1: So let's talk about some music.
0: Wait, 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 hold on. Oh. Wait, wait, you're just gonna like you're just gonna breeze over the fact that Julie Cooper's working in the Newport group and, oh, Sam, yeah. How and, can I, and Jimmy look, are Look, I'll, are I'll be honest,
1: my eyes glaze over when Julie Cooper
0: shows up on film. <laughs> no, you have to pay attention I know. to know. No, her. Julie,
1: there look, we'll talk about it a little bit. Next episode is definitely a very big Julie Cooper <laughs> episode, so there will be plenty of Julie Cooper to talk about next mm-hmm. week. But yes, Julie Cooper is now Working alongside Kirsten. (laughs) This is a bad move across the board. And I'm saying this knowing what happens next week, but like don't working with your significant other is such a bad call. (laughs) Don't
0: don't do it. Yeah, like like I Maybe if you're in completely different departments
1: and different floors or whatever where it's like, oh, you only see each other if you choose to meet up for lunch. You can maybe make it work, but like if you're literally going to have the offices next to each other, you're asking for trouble. No, <laughs> you got yeah, trouble right the, here in River City.
0: <laughs> if you if you started a business together, yes, right, different. Like, that's one thing. Yes, if you were starting a dis- business together, that's one thing. Or but if it, if even if
1: you met on the work site, maybe. Like when mm-hmm. you get to a certain age, there's only so many ways to meet people, and if it's at mm-hmm. work, it's at work. But you do yeah. have to be aware. That this one better fucking stick (laughs) (laughs) because if it doesn't, it's trouble. But do not do not have a job and be like, you know who I want to work with me, (laughs) my Mm -hmm. significant other who's looking for work like that has. I have very few circumstances in my life where I've seen that work out for a friend. It, it's it's just kind yeah. of sped up to the divorce proceedings or the breakup like every single yeah. time
0: <laughs> like, yeah and then they're in your business yeah and if they were good then it's awkward it's okay if they're bad Look, like someone that you
1: and I are pretty friendly with uh like that not only did that person's significant other bring them into the workplace, but then when, like, the divorce happened, people preferred the person that they brought in over them because they were a better worker. So, like, you could also be burning yourself pretty hard <laughs> in some circumstances. That's an off-air conversation. Yeah. I need to know more. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is, like, yeah, okay. it doesn't it, – it is the, – the percentage of it being a good idea mm-hmm. is microscopic.
0: And so, you know how you mentioned, right, that, like, this this seven these 17 episodes of this 27-episode season feel like four seasons in yes. one season, right? So, we have reached the point where the enemies, Jimmy and Sandy, <laughs> are now friends. Yes. And Luke well, and Ryan. En- they were never really enemies to begin with. But, but I would like- say
1: bigger is Luke and Ryan. Luke and Ryan yeah. got into how many fistfights in the first four episodes? And now, like... Mm-hmm. Luke is being a better friend to Ryan than fucking yeah. Seth is the
0: last couple episodes we've watched. Yeah, Luke's pulling him aside and being like, <laughs> you know, like, learn from me, yeah. learn from me.
1: Yeah, no, I we'll we'll get into that a little bit more next week, because I've been, like, slowly being, like, team Luke and... I think episode eighteen pushed me over the edge
0: on like, fuck, I like Luke. I like Luke a lot. Um See, we just all those like really bullying assholes just need to have gay dads. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all we just need to get their dads uh we just need their get get their dads dick down. And uh <laughs> And uh, that's what, yeah. Put that on TikTok. That's Matt. the official. St-
1: that's the official stance of white people problems and O.C. Yes, podcast. exactly.
0: Everyone needs a. All you assholes need just a gay dad, and you'll be fine.
1: I like that your advice is literally the the same as the problematic advice in Chasing Amy, where it's like, <laughs> like, all right, let's talk music. So we got. Not that many songs in here. Um, Mosquitoes with the song Boombox. This plays when we first see Danny at school. Uh, The group Clinic does the song Come Into Your Room. And this is when Ryan is trying to look into Oliver's file. Uh, New Amsterdam's Spoils Spoils for the Spoiled uh, is played while Seth and Ryan are arguing over the letter. As Ryan watches Marissa walk off with Oliver, uh, Damien Rice's Cannonball is playing. And the thrills, Big sir, is the closing song of the episode. Um, now, I think that there's the correct answer, and then there's what I wrote down. So you're usually good for the correct
0: answer. What is the song of this episode? See, uh, <laughs> see I'll just go with what I liked, mm-hmm. just because of how it fit into the introduction. It's Mosquitoes. It's it's the Danny song. Cause All, right. Just like, All right. So we're both you know, going I, off the the beaten path then this week. Yeah, because I, I don't know. It was just... I, I I also kind of am here for Brett Harrison, which like is completely on brand for me because like yeah, I had some, I like you know I like have this like long time you know crush on fucking uh, what's his name uh, Adam Brody yeah so of course the like <laughs> the of course the like alternate universe the multiverse of Adam Brody which is Brett Harrison I also like big fan of Reaper big fan of Grounded for Life. I Ground forgot it for about grounded for life. Yeah, he Man. was the sister's boyfriend and uh, the older sister's boyfriend and grounded for life. So I also just like as a way to kind of feature the introduction of Brett Harrison. So yeah, I- I'm gonna go with that.
1: Uh, so question. Yeah, is this a is this a one one shot for Danny here, or am I gonna see more
0: Danny in the future? I think this. I- I'm. I'm. I believe it is a one shot because. Danny doesn't show up in the next episode, right? No,
1: and this is pretty close to
0: when Reaper debuted as well. I want to say we're done with Danny. Okay, so that's a season wrap. That's a series (laughs) wrap on
1: Danny. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty confident that the correct answer, if you were asking a person who's just like, "Well, it's the most important moment in the episode," or whatever, would say Mm -hmm. Damien Rice Cannonball. I have always been a very lukewarm Damien Rice fan sure. like there's like two or three songs I, I i get his vibe it is what it is but one of my favorite albums of all time is the get up kids album something to write home about mm-hmm. and when the get up kids took a brief hiatus the lead vocalist formed mm-hmm. new amsterdam's so you better believe when i heard my possibly my favorite if not like, definitely in my top three favorite New Amsterdam songs playing in the background of a scene that I jumped up and started singing along with it and probably missed some of the dialogue. So it's gotta be spoils for the spoiled for me on this one. Like, and again, another one of those ones where it's like fucking home run song choice for what mm-hmm. Seth would be listening to. Like, yeah. like absolutely killing it. So yeah, n- neither one of us agreed. And I think that neither one of us picked a song. That the actual audience would agree with either. So, all right, interesting. All right, Joe, the final part of our show, we talk about some pop culture stuff going on, mm-hmm. something that we watch pop culturally. Uh, I'll I'll start this time. I usually toss it to you, but I'll I'll start. I have watched twice now, uh, in its entirety, Gravity Falls. Uh, I watched it for the very first time in January, and then I saw that Shout Factory was about to go out of print on the series DVD collection, so I picked it up and watched it again in March. So uh, are you familiar with Gravity Falls? Um, I've heard of it. I'm not familiar with it. It's a TV show, right? It's a cartoon on Disney. It was very short-lived, uh, only got two seasons, which, you know, in cartoons is about like, I think it's like 30 to 40 episodes sure. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I liked about it was that it is... The first, it, it almost feels similar to something like Buffy, right? Mm-hmm. First season, very much Monster of the Week, right? You're just establishing that Gravity Falls is a strange little town where these two kids are staying. It's about two kids who are staying with their grand, their grand uncle, they refer, mm-hmm. refer to him, mm-hmm. the great their gruncle, their great uncle. Um, and he owns like an oddity shop in this town where reportedly various like cryptozoological creatures are discovered. Um, and throughout the first season, it's literally like a monster of the week type thing. Different mm-hmm. monsters show up. They try to figure out how to stop the monsters, but they're also trying to figure out why this particular town is such like a hot spot for it. The second season is just this serialized, you have to watch it in order. I don't know how they could possibly air these episodes out like in syndication, like not in a specific order because it's literally like a 10 part final episode of like unlocking all the mysteries, all of these throwaway monster of the week characters all come back at once. And mm-hmm. it's like up to the, it's very much like monster squad, the kids cartoon series.
0: Oh, um, but well, it's, that's why you love it. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's so well written. Um, What's her face? Uh Chris, Christian Shawl is the, the voice of the daughter. Uh, and she's just so funny. She's she's one of those. Ki- vo- I mean, she's great as a voice actress anyway. Like if you watch it, I am sure that you will walk away from the fact that like if you were a kid and you knew her character in real life, you would be like, I, mm-hmm. "That needs to be my best friend." Like like she's just got that like positive, jolly energy that is that is uh. It's hard to not have a smile on your face while you're watching it. So Mm. if you have for any reason not seen Gravity Falls, really highly recommend it. It's on Disney Plus, as is pretty much anything that Disney has ever produced at this point. So go check it out.
0: Okay. Um, I I want to um, uplift the uh, Oscars from this year. Um, It was my favorite Oscars that I've ever watched. Uh, and not just because all the people I wanted to win won, um, because n- not everybody that I wanted to win didn't win. Love Jamie Lee Curtis. It should have been Stephanie Shu. Controversial opinion. Um, but yeah, so the Oscars from this year, Everything Everywhere All At Once, uh, uh, Ki uh, Kiwi Kwan, you know, everybody, all of that, love it. Yeah. Great, 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 what's it called? A ceremony. Also, it didn't feel like it was a long time either. Like, it didn't feel like sometimes the Oscars are just a huge slog, but, you know, also probably because I actually liked the winners this time.
1: Yeah. I had to get my parents' uh, Fubu (laughs) account so I could watch it because it was not available on like anything. I was like, I'm paying $60 for sling and I can't even watch the goddamn Oscars. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I missed maybe the first hour which is a bummer sure. cuz i missed both Jamie Lee Curtis and Short Rounds. Uh, I I keep forgetting his actual name and i feel like a total asshole for him <laughs> Short Round. But I, he, uh, I Ki Hui Kwan. There we go. Uh i missed both of their speeches. I had to watch them later on uh and i mean beautiful moments, but yeah, it you know, there's a thing that i talk about sometimes in wrestling mm-hmm. where People will sometimes complain that, like, an ending in a wrestling match, especially around WrestleMania season, is too predictable. But mm-hmm. if it's the right call, I don't care. And, like, that's kind of how I felt watching the Oscars, where it's like it started to become very clear that it was definitely going to be an everything, everywhere, all at once sweep. And mm-hmm. that's the correct call. Like, like yeah. you know, like, it's like you can't be angry at that. Like, it's like these are all yeah. of the people who should be winning. Um, and even in the case where they didn't win, when they didn't win for best original song, giving it to RRR was the correct call. Like, yeah, like everything was exactly it was. It was almost one of those things where things were going so well, I was expecting some like curveball at the end. That like best picture mm-hmm. was going to go to like
0: Top Gun all, Maverick or Avatar. All, all quiet on the Western Front <laughs> yeah, is what people like, were saying.
1: Like something where you're just like, what? <laughs> like, so yeah, it was. It was a very good Oscars, and that was a that was a fun cultural moment. I love those those things, right? Like, yeah, social media is a fucking virus, but <laughs> it's also great on like yeah. Oscars night, where we're
0: all like yeah.
1: just a very civil agreement of where they have
0: succeeded and fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it, Oscars are one of the few monocultures that we have left. Yes, right? it's one of the few things where we can. It's appointment viewing. We can all come together, and then like it's the wake of it afterwards. You know, people. If you didn't watch it, you don't get the jokes. You don't get the references, or you have to go and watch the clips. But like it in the moment, it's like oh, I feel like I'm a part of a conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. You're right. That's because th- like I don't think that people rally as strong for. The Grammys, maybe mm-hmm. for the Emmys, a very specific subset for the Tonys. But I think that yes. I think the Oscars and the Emmys are probably the, the biggest net of like everybody who cares, especially that runs in our world. Like, yeah, we give a shit. Like, even when I feel like yeah. it's stu- I think I literally post on Facebook like the Oscars is the dumbest thing that is the most important thing to me like because like, yeah. it is at the end of the day a bunch of rich famous people patting each other on the back but yeah. i'm so goddamn invested <laughs>
0: like- well, i was i remember when babylon's trailers were coming out and i was like i f- if i fucking see this movie at the oscars i will be so fucking pissed because <laughs> it's another damien chazelle like uh you know uh fucking hollywood jerk off like self you know, yeah. masturbatory of it all. And I'm like, no, this is everything, everywhere, all at once is year. It was the most. And that's the other thing is that, like, when you think about, like, the top grossing films of 2022, they were all established properties. Yeah. <laughs> and in this way, it's like, no, we had something different and that's what won. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy.
1: No, it was, it was a good Oscars year and similar to the oscars where a bunch mm-hmm. of creative people are mm-hmm. in a rivalry against each other not unlike seth cohen and danny <laughs> <laughs>
0: not unlike yes not unlike that
1: we have closed the book on yet another episode of white people problems tune in next week for the epic conclusion i can only assume of the oliver saga so stay tuned for more white people problems